0: evening. I'm trying to get adjusted to this pulpit. I like this. I could get out in this pulpit and hide. You wouldn't know I was here. Wow. Thank you so much for being in this evening meeting. Grateful for the good preaching we've heard. I'm gonna read this evening from First Timothy chapter four. Someone asked in the break if I was going to preach. I said, I don't know. We might have to do what we're gonna do and name it when we're finished. But I'm going to read a good scripture. I always promise people I'm going to have a good text. I don't know what I'll do with it. But we're going to have a good text. First Timothy chapter number 4. Paul is writing to his young protege. In verse 13... He alludes to his hopeful visit again. He has said back in chapter number three that he's hoping to come for a visit, but he is uncertain about that. And the man says, I'll be so and so. He be uncertain about it because tomorrow is something we don't know about. The further you go in life, the more tentative everything gets for you. If the Lord permit, we will live and do this. So Paul says, till I come. He's hoping to come, but he said, now, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery meditate upon these things give thyself w h o l l y holy to them that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them. That hear thee. Back in March of 2019, I was preaching in the Standard Baptist Church of Ala Louisiana. The pastor had invited a number of preachers, and church leaders to assemble for a day meeting during the course of that revival effort. He had requested of me ahead of time if I would speak to that group on the subject of church leadership. I watched it. to... Study and prepare and give us some things about church leadership. I thought about that. I tried to prepare for that. I tried to do that. That's some of what I'm going to share with you today and Lord willing tomorrow. We're going to think about the matter of Leadership. I want to ask a question that involves all of us that are involved in church ministry or in leadership. Are we using people to build our ministries or are we using our ministry to build people. I think that is a question that goes to the heart in the matter of leadership. You could ask the question like this, am I in... Leadership or serving the Lord to build my kingdom or to build his. I think these are some thoughts that are vital to consider in this area. A young man approached me some time ago and And asked the question, how can I know if I have the gift of leadership? I said, well, look behind you. See if anybody's following. If there's some people following you, you might be a leader. One of the basic rules of leadership is you have to be ahead. You cannot be apologetic. You cannot be too contemplative. You cannot put off things and postpone things. You have to know where you're going and get going. One time when I was pastoring a church. If you stay in it long enough, you'll learn how to pronounce words right. (laughs) I was pastoring a church, and I discovered that one of the men of the church, a deacon in the church, when he would go out and visit, one of the first things he did was apologize for being there. I met with him privately, I didn't embarrass him and I courteously asked him not to visit anymore. You don't apologize for knocking on somebody's door to talk to them about their soul. You're not interrupting their schedule. You may be intervening on God's schedule to make a difference in their life. Oh, I don't think you ought to walk in and take over everything, but for God's sake, don't apologize for doing the right thing. Now, we're thinking a little about leadership. I'm gonna divide my thoughts into two areas. I want to talk a little bit about the question what did Jesus have to say about leadership? And then, what kind of an example did he set? And then, after considering that, I want to look at some things that the Lord had Paul to write down for our instruction in the matter of leadership. Now, through the years, I have picked up a lot of things from a lot of people. And a lot of times, I don't know where I picked them up. If I could give you a little bit of advice, start sourcing where you get things. It'll help you later on. Just start sourcing where you get things. Some of the quotes that I have, I'm bad to write good quotes down in the fly leaves of my Bible. I begin to look for some quotes about leadership. I might clean some of them up. Some of you couldn't take them like they were given to me. <laughs> I'm going to have to kind of clean them up a little. A little to remember where I am and not get too off base, so I'll, I'll just use better words, I guess. But somebody said this to me about leadership when I was just a young preacher. I'd been called to church, and they said this to me. They said, any donkey can kick down a barn, but it takes a carpenter to build one. I wrote that down in the front of my old preaching Bible. I said, Things to remember. I put that first one on the list. Now you may have to do some kicking. I heard a description of a preacher from a well known preacher. Dr. B.R. Lakin was asked one time, said, what's the qualities that a preacher needs to have? He said, a preacher needs to be a cross between a billy goat and a donkey where he can butt with one end kick with the other one. That'll mean more to you the longer you serve as well. You'll find need of both ends. Leadership. I like what Dr. V. Raymond Edmond said about it. Our job is to train servants. It's God's responsibility to raise up leaders. I want to let that sink in on you see, I can take a break for two or three minutes. It's our job to train servants. It's God's responsibility to raise up leaders. the church at Antioch was meeting. And there's quite a list in the 13th chapter of the book of the Acts, the first couple of verses of the people that were involved in that Antioch situation. And then one day, the Holy Ghost said, set apart these and they laid their hands on them and they sent them out. Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto unto I've called them. Training servants and God will raise up leaders. Praying to the Lord of the harvest that seems to be plenteous. Well, what are you praying for? Praying that the Lord of the harvest will send forth laborers into that harvest. Brother Mays Jackson, a dear friend for many years, always had good quotes, good sayings and he said there's three kinds of people God will never use he'll never use a coward he will never use a compromiser and he'll never use a copycat that'll do to putting the fly leaf of your Bible it's a fact remember that now i want to get down to the business now of what did jesus have to say about leadership you can be turning to the 23rd chapter of the gospel of matthew While you're turning there, I'm going to give you a couple of verses that will maybe prep you for what you're going to find when you get to Matthew 23. The Lord Jesus had said in Matthew 15 and verse 14, concerning a group of people he said let them alone that's interesting isn't it he said let them alone they be blind leaders of the blind and if the blind lead the blind Both shall fall into the ditch. I'm quoting what Jesus said. He also repeated himself. That's a good lesson to learn. It's fine to repeat yourself. Luke chapter six thirty nine he spake a parable unto them can the blind lead the blind? Shall they not both fall into the ditch? Not exactly like it was in Matthew, but very similar raises the same idea. All right, hopefully you're in Matthew 23. I'm going to put in about verse number 13 and I'm going to read a little bit, make some observations, and I'm going to stop preaching just before you go to supper. You ready? But woe unto you! scribes and Pharisees notice the Lord called names when he preached didn't he he didn't say Mr. Anonymous he didn't say that and he didn't mince words about these folks I'm going to say Matthew 23 is probably one of the most Scathing passages in all the Bible. By the absolute most compassionate person that's ever been. Brother Charles Strong, down on the Mexico mission field, used to say this to me when we were down there. He'd say, Preacher, get up and peel the wax off of the floor. Well, I'll tell you one thing, buddy. Matthew 23 will peel the wax off of the floor. <laughs> it's got heat behind it. Jesus said, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye. Them that are entering to go in. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses, and for pretense make long prayer. Therefore, ye shall receive the greater damnation. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you compass land and sea to make one proselyte, and when he is made, you make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. Woe unto you, ye blind guides! Which say, Whosoever shall swear by the temple, it is nothing. But whosoever shall swear by the gold of the temple, he is a debtor. Ye fools, blind, whether is greater the gold or the temple that sanctifieth the gold. Whosoever shall swear by the altar, it is nothing. But whosoever sweareth by the gift that is upon it, he is guilty. Ye fools and blind, whether it's greater the gift or the altar that sanctified the gift. Whoso therefore shall swear by the altar, sweareth by it and by all things thereon. Whosoever shall swear by the temple, sweareth by it and by him that dwelleth therein. He that shall swear by heaven sweareth by the throne of God, by him that sitteth thereon. Woe unto ye scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cummin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law. Judgement, mercy, faith. These ought ye to have done, and not to leave the other undone. Ye blind guides. Which strain at the gnat and swallow a camel. Woe unto ye scribes and Pharisees. Hypocrites. For ye make clean the outside. The cup and of the platter. But within they're full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup, the platter, that the outside of the platter may be clean also. That's quite a lengthy reading. and I read it all to highlight just one thing. Many times in that passage did you see the word blind. Redundantly. It's almost as redundant in that section as is the word hypocrite. And to whom is this passage directed? Scribes and Pharisees and What was their position leadership? They were the quote spiritual leaders, spiritual leaders. Peter, in his fifth chapter, of First Peter addressed some things to the elders. The elders. Leadership. He said several things to them about their responsibilities and then he isolated their function and he said taking the Oversight. Isn't that the function of a leader? I want to work on that with you a few minutes before we go to the meal. Think about the qualities that a leader Must have. Well, let's start where the Lord is dealing with these Pharisees. What does a blind person need most of all? A blind person needs sight. Have a good friend in Knoxville, Tennessee. His name is Gordon Dykes. Gordon Dykes is blind. Gordon Dykes' wife is blind. I said to Gordon, I said, Gordon. How in the world did y'all ever meet? He said, oh, we just bumped into one another. (laughs) I picked him up to take him to church, and I said, Gordon, you think we ought to leave a light on? He said, whatever you ought to do, doesn't matter to me. You see, light doesn't mean anything to a blind person. The light in the darks just the light to them. Especially when the blindness is like Gordon's. See, he doesn't have any eyes in the sockets. He's not partially blind. He's not legally blind. He's blind. You remember Gordon? He went with us to the Jubilee with Brother Mays in Atlanta one time. He got there a little early. He said, I want you to get there a little early. What do you want, Gordon? He said, I want you to take me to the pulpit. He said, I'm gonna have to preach over here and this is a strange church. I went in with him and we sat down. He said, all right, you take me to the pulpit. So I stepped out. I led him to the pulpit, got him in the pulpit, turned him around, and he gripped the pulpit like this. And after a few moments, he said, take me back to my seat now. I took him back to his seat. When he was called on to preach, he put his Bible under his arm, straight to the aisle, straight to the pulpit, up about 12 stairs, turned around, opened that Bible, stood there and quoted it as if he was reading it, preached his entire message, went down this side, up this side, went back to his seat, sat down, and nobody knew he was blind. We've got a lot of blind folks trying to lead churches. You can rest assured, blindness wasn't peculiar to the scribes and Pharisees. You see, light doesn't mean a thing to a blind man. You can just shine it on them, whatever whatever power you want to put it on, but light won't ever pierce that. It'll take God to give him sight. Bartimaeus didn't pray around the corner when Jesus said to him, what do you want? He said that I might have my sight. I want to tell you, that sinner that's lost without God's is as blind as Bartimaeus ever dared to be. You up here trying to shine some light on him and get some kind of a deal out of him, I'm going to tell you something, God of glory going to have to do something on the inside of that fella. He'll walk out in the brightest light you can shine on him and die without God. But think about how terrible it is to have blind people in the pulpit trying to show blind people in the pew. You've got that scenario Jesus described. Blind lead the blind. Now that verse will explain why lots of quote unquote churches are in the ditch. You say, what does that word ditch mean? It means everywhere but the highway. Highway. Everywhere but the road. Mm-hmm. That's what ditch means. The first quality that a leader must have is sight. i want to give you a second thing. It helps if a leader has insight. insight What does that mean Well it it's looking at things deeper than the surface Not not just looking at the facade on the outside but looking deeper than the surface I mean leadership needs to have some Insight. Insight. How, how do you know if a person has some insight? Well, when, when we have insight as we should have, we're not so easily influenced by the winds that blow by the novelties that crop up I guess I could use this term the isms huh insight so important for a leader to have some insight How in the world can that be developed? Well, it's good to start like this in your prayer time. Open mine eyes that I may see glimpses of truth thou hast for me. Let me give you a third one. We need to have sight. We need to have some insight. And it helps if we have a little bit of foresight. A little bit of foresight. After all, the leader is not... Just supposed to be able to give an accurate account of where we've been. He's the person that's to communicate where we're going. Right. Foresight. You say, how, how, what is that? It's something past right here. You know what that is, don't you? That's a bad place on my face. But need to be able to see a little pass right here. You know, directions we move our people in have consequences. And something may look real good this morning in somebody else's place, and you say, well, i uh, I think I'll try that. And you might start something where people you never be able to get that thing turned around. Consequences. Uh, if I should say it or shouldn't say it, I'm gonna say it. I don't think you can have a contemporary church in one area and a conservative church in another one. I think you've either got a contemporary church or a conservative church. Foresight. Get some. Well, I don't know where to go. Well, be still. (laughs) Far better to be still than to go a direction you don't really have direction to go and wish you hadn't. Young man sent me a text this morning. Pray for me. I'm going to a certain location this coming Sunday and he said some of the various things and he said, I just believe that it is the will of God. I texted him back. I said, I'll sure pray. He texts back. He said, I'm really excited about going. I believe it's the will of God he emphasized that and I text back finally and I said time will tell time will tell he seems pretty set on going I sure hope he's right now you're almost to go to to eat so I'm gonna quit I'm not preaching while you're eating. Now, what have I said? I've said what Jesus said about leadership. He said, if the blind lead the blind. See, Jesus emphasized fellowship. Fellowship. Stewardship. He didn't say a lot about leadership. I promise you this. Only good followers will ever make good leaders. If you don't know how to be a regular attendant at a local church, under a Bible preaching ministry and be a servant and do whatever you can in that setting, the last thing you need to do is to decide or try to become a leader because you don't know how to follow. And if you're going to do something for the Lord, you've got to learn how to follow him. And you can only lead somebody else as he's leading you. So we need sight. We need insight. We need some foresight. And if we have those qualities, there's a possibility that we might then be able to take some oversight. What kind of example did Jesus set? Mark 10:45 For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto. But to minister and to give himself a ransom for many. What does a leader must do? He must serve, and he must be a man who will sacrifice. serve and sacrifice serve and sacrifice God help us to have these qualities leadership fellowship fellowship will bring fruitfulness for the glory of God